welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. In this episode of Business Brainwaves, we look at 10 tips for leading companies out of crisis. Even good managers can miss the early signs of distress. The first step is to acknowledge there's a problem. So what is it that gets us into crisis? Entrepreneurs could back right into crisis without recognizing that their situation is worsening, not because they're bad at business, but because they're often working under a set of paradigms that no longer applies and letting the power of inertia carry them along. And if they don't realize they're facing a crisis, they won't know that they need to undertake a turnaround either. Sometimes entrepreneurs underestimate how critical the situation is, or they may be looking at the wrong data. Others take advantage of easy access to cheap capital to stay the course in spite of poor performance, believing they can push through it. Others get so caught up in the pressure of short-term returns that they neglect to ensure the company's long-term health, or even willfully sacrifice it. So what should we do then? Take a step back to review your own plans objectively, asking, is this what I thought would happen when I first started going down this road? Acknowledging that your plan isn't working is a necessary first step. Douglas Yokola, a senior partner at McKinsey's, has the following 10 tips for leading companies out of crisis. Number one, throw away your perceptions of a company in distress. It's next to impossible to come up with one working definition for a company in distress, and dangerous to think that you have one for your own company. Depending on the situation, there are probably 25 different signs of potential distress. The problem is seldom made up of just one or two of these things, however. Rather, it is the result of a great number of them interacting together and with other external factors. Number two, force yourself to criticize your own plan. The biggest thing you can do to avoid distress is periodically review your business plans. When you're creating them, whether at the beginning of the year or the start of a three-year cycle, Building some trigger points, a simple, explicit reminder, can be enough. If we don't have this type of performance by this date, or we haven't gotten the following 12 things done by this date, we'll step back and decide if we're going down the right path, given what's happened since our last review. Such trigger points should be oriented both to operational and market performance as well as to basic financial metrics and cash flow. Look at where you are as a company using basic financial and cash milestones and then look at where you are with respect to your industry and competitors. If you're not moving with the rest of the industry or not outpacing it, if the industry is struggling, then your plan may be obsolete. And don't forget to look back at your performance over past cycles to identify any trends. If you keep missing performance targets, ask why. Number three, expect more from your board or your team. The beauty of a board is that it has enough distance from the company to see the forest for the trees. 
managers often treat their board as a necessary evil to placate so they can get on with their business. But that undermines the board's role as an early warning system when a company is heading for distress. It's also the board's responsibility to look the CEO, the CFO and the Chief Operating Officer in the eye and say, OK, we like your plan. Now let's talk about what it would take to cut costs, not just by 3%, but by 20 Let's talk about all the things that can go wrong, the risk to the business. Sometimes significant events happen that no one could have foreseen, of course. But in a typical distress situation, a company has usually just had 18 to 24 months of poor performance and the board hasn't been aware uh, or hasn't asked the right questions. Independent board members, truly independent ones, can have a big impact here. Number four, focus on cash. A successful turnaround really comes down to one thing, which is a focus on cash and cash returns. That means bringing a business back to its basic element of success. Is it generating cash or burning it? And even more specifically, which investments in the business are generating or burning cash? Keeping track of cash isn't just about watching your bank balance. To avoid surprises, companies also need a good forecast that keeps a mid-term and longer-term view. For example, failing to pay attention to the cash component of capital investments routinely gets companies in trouble. Project net present value can look the same whether the return begins gradually or year two or jumps up dramatically at year five. But if you're not focusing on the cash that goes out the door whilst you're waiting for that five-year infusion, you can suddenly find yourself with very little cash left to run the business. Suddenly, you're in a spiral you may not recover from. Number five, create a great change story. Companies in distress don't focus enough on creating a change story that everyone understands and that creates some sense of urgency. If you can tell the story in a paragraph or less, in a way that means something to the average guy on the front line, then people will get on board. The key is a simple message, not fancy metrics. Number six, treat every turnaround like a crisis. Without a crisis mindset, you get a stable company's response to change. Risk is to be avoided and incrementalism takes over. Your workers are asked to do a little more or the same with less. More aggressive ideas will be analysed ad nauseum and the implementation will be slow and methodical. In contrast, a crisis demands significant action now, which is what a distressed company needs. Entrepreneurs need to use words like crisis and urgency from the first moment they recognise the need for turnaround. A company that's in true crisis will be willing to try some things that is normally not considered. And it's those bold actions that change the trajectory of the company. Crisis drives people to action and opens entrepreneurs up to consider a full range of options. Number seven, build traction for change with quick wins. The tendency for most entrepreneurs is to put all of their focus and resources into three or four big bets to turn a company around. 
that can be a high-risk approach. Even if big bets are sometimes necessary, they take a lot of time and effort, and they don't always pay off. For example, say you decide to change supplies of raw material so you can source from a low-cost country, expecting 30% lower direct costs. If you realize six months later that the material specifications don't meet your needs, you'll have spent time you don't have, perhaps interrupted your whole production schedule, and probably burned a bunch of cash on something that didn't pay off. In addition to going after big bets, entrepreneurs should focus on getting a series of quick wins to gain traction within the organization. Such quick wins can be uh, cost-focused, cutting off demand for some external services they don't need. Or it could be policy-focused, such as introducing a more stringent policy on travel expenses. Not only do such moves improve the bottom line, they also generate support amongst employees. In any given company, you're likely to find that a fifth of employees across the organization are almost always supportive. They work hard and they will change what they're doing if you just ask them. These are the people you'll want to spend most of your time with and they're the ones you'll promote. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.